Hello, fun people. What is new with you guys? Welcome to another episode of the now infamously known podcast series in the known universe called Have You Seen It? If you are a longtime listener to this series, that's rad. If not, that's cool too. Either way, it's awesome to have all of you here. Here, here, here. So let's get some of the basic info out of the way and get to the good stuff. We highlight a film, break it down into tiny pieces, and give you some light film analysis and help you continue to grow in your movie buff power. Almost forgot, we will give some additional info to help you make informed choices in your film watching journey. Okay, we got all the basic info out of the way and now let's get on with the show. Today's episode, we're highlighting an awesome cop duo through crashing through windows, shooting the bad guys, and looking cool while doing it. Is this Die Hard? No, this is a comedy that shows the not-so-exciting realities of police work. I'm talking about the film The Other Guys. This film has been out for a while from the yesteryear of 2010. Some light spoilers to describe the first few minutes of the film will be mentioned, but not the whole film, though. So don't worry, folks. We won't ruin the plot for you, just enough to get your attention and context of the narrative. Does that work with you guys? We good? Good! Awesome! Tubular. Stupendous. Running out of adjectives, I should just read my script. Anyways, let's dive in. This movie is set in New York City. The main cop duo of the city dies by falling to their deaths by trying to be the action stars they are and jump off a four-story building. This is one of the many cliches of action films being put into light in this meta-commentary. These schmucks in this film go through car chases, gunfights, the whole thing, not unharmed, not even a single scratch on their bodies, not even a paper cut, people. Then they try to make a jump from said building into some bushes as they try to catch the incoming perps. They jump off said building and die horribly because it's a four-story building. I don't care how immortal you think you are, you will either have broken bones all over your body or you're dead. So the power vacuum for the next big cop duo needs to be filled, and the story really follows two detectives named Terry and Alan in the same department as these action guys. Alan, played by the interesting Will Ferrell, is calm and loves structure, and his short-tempered partner, played by Mark Wahlberg, is Terry. He shoots some famous baseball player called Derek Jeter by accident and is itching to get a piece of the action. So when they both work on a case with a famous millionaire involved involving some building infractions, soon becomes a vast conspiracy of the highest level. So this team of opposites needs to learn to work together to save the city and themselves in the process. So you get the classic buddy cop action sequences and cliches, and they talk about every cliche in the book you can think of. Cops shooting two guns in the air. You got it. Building explosions. Heck yeah, cool guy. We got those too. Action one-liners. One might say too many. A meta-awareness deconstruction of the buddy cop action genre through satire. Whoa! We got that too. This narrative element is what makes this movie stand out from the others. Is how well it's written overall and the jokes are amazing. I'll give you an example. Two hero cops who die off early in the film, as previously mentioned, do a press conference of doing millions of dollars in property damage over a misdemeanor arrest. That's just a lawsuit just waiting to happen if you heard that in a blog somewhere nowadays. Because that's real life. 
but they look good while doing it, so it's fine at the end of the day. But I like the running gags they introduce at the beginning of the film, and they show it in clever ways that my two favorite gags are Alan losing his gun privileges through comedic means to having a dummy wooden gun instead, to the duo constantly getting kidnapped and losing their shoes. Who does that? The level of ridiculousness escalates as the stakes are risen as time goes on. There are many other running gags that will not be ruined for you in this episode, so even more reason for you, the viewer, to see this film. The detectives, Alan and Terry, both have their own goals for growth in their roles as police officers, and as the plot unfolds, they realize what's important in life and they learn to trust each other more. But yes, I won't tell you all the jokes and just echoing my last thing, you should see this movie. The second element in this narrative device that makes this film more interesting is constantly subverting your expectations its elements like this keeps me on the edge of my seat and enjoying the film even more or another wild idea that's uncommon with film viewers is going to see a film with no expectations and with an open mind some of the most enjoyable experiences in my own film watching journey has been with that similar mindset i'm not saying you need to give up watching films you enjoy already but if you break into a new genre and try something new and enjoy it that's a win for us here at the podcast. We highlight films that you don't always consider. We try to expand your horizons and build your movie buff power, etc. Yes, I'm using the tagline again, just giving you context. But not making it snooty and pretentious, so that's not cool. <laughs> uh, so one might ask, can you give me an example of what snooty and pretentious film gatekeeping looks like, Alex? Sure, something snooty and pretentious to say about movies is like this. You seen Hitchcock's Vertigo? Oh, wow, only real film fans watch it in a theater on the original 35mm film reel, obviously. Things like that make you sound like a jerk and gatekeeping people from enjoying movies free of judgment. I will judge you a little bit if you like The Last Airbender, but that's fine. It's fine. It's really fine. I can let that go. Never been a fan of Shyamalan myself, but that's a whole nother story I'll save on another episode that I keep saying over and over again. People know that I'm not a fan of Shyamalan. Movies are meant to be enjoyed by all, regardless of class, race, religion, orientation, etc. Okay, I'm done with my mini soapbox here. Anyways, if you like a buddy cop movie with original storytelling and great writing, then I would give this movie a watch and recommend it to you. As always, we here at the podcast want to help you, dear listener, in empowering you and making in informed choices in your film-watching journey. So this film is PG-13 and contains slash not limited to violence, minor use of blood, drinking, smoking, swearing, obviously, more fighting, obviously, and suggestive slash frequent use of humor of a sexual nature and other topics throughout. It's PG-13 movie. That's like the bread and butter of jokes for that genre. But I'm just saying, you know what it's about. So anyone over 12 and up can probably handle watching this film with no issue. As for where I can see this modern art masterpiece, at the time of this recording, it's currently streaming on Netflix. If you don't have it, bum it off a loved one like my friends and I did during college. Because <laughs> uh, that's the millennial way. 
It's been out forever, so you'll be able to rent or buy it on most digital platforms that provides those things as an alternative. But if your conspiracy theorist of a loved one doesn't believe in Wi-Fi and forced to live in their altered state of reality, you can always get a hard copy of this film on DVD or Blu-ray. Alrighty, let's go to one of our newest segments added to our rotation called Is It a Reboot? Where we let you know if this film is a reboot, sequel, or spinoff of another movie so you're not confused in this era of reboots because Hollywood is scared of change for some reason. Which I think is profoundly stupid and surprising to me personally. But hey, I'm just a guy screaming film analysis to people I don't know on a microphone. But I already spent my one soapbox moment already on this episode, so we'll save that for another time. Moving on. Anyways, this film is, drum roll, please, interns. Drum faster, darn you. Not a reboot, thankfully. It's an original film by director Adam McKee. So nothing detailed here this time, folks. It's an original movie, and no sequel is existing or planning to be made as of now. But there is hope. Star Wars had a new series of films 20-plus years after the original trilogy was completed. So there's always hope for a sequel, regardless of how time has passed or how much time has passed. Cool. Let's power skip to our next segment is our other newest segment brought into the rotation called Vibe Check, where we keep it 100 and tell you if this film passes the vibe check and recommend movies that give similar vibes it distributes into your very eye holes. I need another drum roll from the interns. Do it, or I'm canceling Bring Your Corgi to Work Day. Yes, good. More drum roll. My minions. And this film does pass the vibe check. This film is totally giving chaos energy where it comes to some of the witty banter between Terry and Alan. So if you like this film, you'll probably enjoy films like Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, Hot Rod, and or any of the Rush Hour movies. Those all in range of different kinds of subject matter. So always check in advance if those movies are a good fit for you or not to further help you make informed choices in your film watching journey. Now let's double backflip into our next segment called Filmology, where I describe a narrative device, role, gear, and other elements that help make that sweet movie magic. This week's Filmology terms is ND filters, or Neutral Density Filters. It is a feature that helps with lighting for cameras to filter out high intensities of sunlight or other sources of light. Imagine sunglasses for the camera lens, if that helps at all, to paint you a word picture. Depending on the make and model of the camera, and said persons decide for use of the production, an ND filter can be fit inside the lens or it's part of the mechanism of the lens itself or inside the camera itself, or simply screws on top of the lens itself. So with that filter, you can get the money shot any time of the day, especially not during golden hour. Ha 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 ha. Right on! Let's army crawl our way back home with our last segment of today's episode called Fun Facts, where I talk about fun facts about or around the making of the film we review today. This list slaps! Yes, folks, on our previous episode, I left my script in the cloud, and my Gen Z interns wrote jokes of their people for funsies. After some time, I decided to embrace the new and enjoy all the jokes that are written in. Huzzah! Anyways, here are some fun facts of the following. 
There's a lot of celebrity cameos in this film, and particularly in one scene involving a basketball court scene with the likes of Brooke Shields, Yankee player Derek Jeter, yes, he is real, Tracy Morgan, and Rosie Perez. Amazing! The idea of them collaborating in a movie together with Mark and Will started from a suggestion from a banter convo during the Academy Awards. Power of suggestion at play right here. The director of this film, Adam McKee, plays Dirty Mike. You learn who he is later in the film. The voiceover narrator is voiced by the famous rapper Ice-T. The names listed on an employee month plaque sometime during the film besides the obvious main players. The other names written are crew members from the graphics and locations department of the film's production. I think small stuff like this is super cool and they need to do this more, to be perfectly honest. And it's just like a great, great tribute for crew members. Will Ferrell has a long history with Adam McKee in numerous films, like Anchorman Legend of Ron Burgundy, as an example. So they have much history together as collaborative partners. And lastly, Marky Mark was at first hesitant to do improvised dialogue, but soon got a hang of it with time. That is Adam's style of directing approach. Creative juices can flow more and be more funny when not bound by the confines of the script. The whole peacock bit is totally improvised, and I love it even more because this is a thing. All right, let's have this peacock fly, finally, and bring this episode to a close. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys had a good time. I gotta go. The interns invited me to have a marathon of this show called Game of Thrones. Oh, great. They added me into their group chat for it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What? No, guys, I don't know if Jon Snow is the true heir to the Iron Throne. I literally have no idea what I'm looking at here. They better start at the pilot so I can figure things out from there. They better. Oh, shoot, forgot I need to end the show. (laughs) Sorry. Anyways, see you cool people next time. And you can now ask your friends this question. Have you seen the other guys?